Church Online. Happy Valentine's Day. My name is Christina. I'll be your online host for today. If this is your first time tuning in, we would love to welcome you. Please text me to 604-285-5770 or visit mythrive.info and we'll mail you your very own Thrive stainless steel water bottle. And attention all parents, don't forget to visit mythrive.info slash thrivekids so you can download the kids activity for today and follow along during our kids Zoom classes from 10.45 to 11.15 a.m. Our teachers are so excited to meet with the kids and there will be kids worship, a lesson and games. So come join us. Since it's Valentine's Day today and Family Day tomorrow, what is your favorite activity to do with your family or loved ones? It can be playing board games, watching a movie, hiking or biking. My favorite activity to do with my family is building puzzles. They're a lot of fun and even my 102-year-old grandma even enjoys it. Now, share in a chat room or turn to the person next to you and tell them your favorite activity to do with your family or loved ones. Take a selfie of yourself tuning into Thrive Church Online and post it on all of your social media platforms and be sure to tag us at hashtag Thrive Church Online. Now, have your morning beverage ready and get comfy as I pass the time over to Pastor JB. Hi everybody, it's a big weekend. It is Family Day weekend here in BC. It's also Valentine's Day. And for many of you, it's also a brand new year. So for those who are celebrating, a very happy new year to you as well. I wanna let you know, I don't know about you, but I hate being cold. And it's for that reason that I cannot imagine what it is like for the people living on the streets of Vancouver today in these sub-zero temperatures. And it's for that reason that I want to let you know is that when you donate to Thrive Today through your tithes and your offerings, that a portion of today's offerings is going to go toward partnering with Union Gospel Mission to provide food, shelter, emergency kits, and winter clothing to people living on the streets of Vancouver. And so know that your giving today makes a huge difference, especially, and we especially want to encourage you to give. Go to mythrod.info to give and look forward to having an amazing service with you. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thrive Church Online. It is so great to have you here. My name is JB. I'm one of the pastors here at Thrive, and we want to welcome you to a very special Family Day weekend, Valentine's Day edition of our Thrive Church Online service. It is so great to have you here. By the way, if you are new to Thrive, if you are joining us just for the first time today, you are what we call our VIP, and we especially want to welcome you. In fact, we've got a special gift to give to you just to say thank you so so much for joining us today. If you want to go to mythrive.info and touch the button that says new to thrive, we'd love to connect with you and bring to you your very own stainless steel Thrive Church water bottle that we'd love to mail straight to your door. Just a way to say thank you so much for joining us on this very special day. Can you give all of our VIPs in this place a big hand? Just welcome them today. It's so great to have you here. In fact, we've got a saying here at Thrive, which is that welcoming is not just what we do, it's who 
we are. And so with that in mind, would you welcome one another in your chat rooms right now? Maybe you're sitting beside someone right now. Would you give them a high five, a handshake, a hug? Maybe it's an air high five, an air handshake, or an air hug, whatever it is that's appropriate. Would you just welcome one another to church today and say, it's so good to have you here. So good to have you here. A big welcome to each and every one of you to Thrive Church Online. It is a very special day here at Thrive Church Online. Of course, it is Valentine's Day. It's a very romantic day for a lot of people. It's also Family Day weekend here in Vancouver, BC, a time when we celebrate families. And so it's a wonderful weekend to be here and a big welcome to you. Before we get into the message today, which is super special today, uh, I want to let you know is part of our celebration of families today involves going on social media and if you want to go to our Thrive Facebook community page you will have an opportunity there to take your own family portrait yes that's right with the people that you're sitting with right now or people uh, in your home you can take a family portrait together all you have to do is go to our Thrive Facebook community group sign into that log into that uh, you know just uh, just just sign up for that and you're going to see a link that will allow you to take your your very own family portrait on this BC Family Day. And so we encourage you to make the most of that. In fact, we got a $20 gift card that we're going to give just as a special draw for all those who participate in that. Encourage you guys to take a family photo. You guys are beautiful church inside and out. We look forward to seeing your photos later on online. Go to our Facebook community group to do just that. Are you guys ready for the message today? You'll notice that I'm sitting in a chair. It's a slightly different setup. It's for a reason. Uh, but before I explain what that is, let's grab our Bibles right now. If you have a Bible, it's time to get that out. Maybe yours is a paper Bible like mine. Maybe yours is a device you download the Bible into. Either way, it's cool. Why don't you hold your Bible up in the air like so? If you didn't bring a Bible, that's okay. Why don't you point to the Bible of someone near you? Maybe even my own. You can if you'd like. This is just a fun way for us to get our hearts ready for the message today. Can we say this together in a big, loud voice? We're going to say, this is my Bible. It is God's word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have, I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's word can come in and change my life, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Well, hey, by the way, if you are new to church, new to the Bible, new to Jesus, then we are especially thrilled that you're here. We hope that you find that Thrive is a safe place where you can be yourself, a place where you can find community, find some encouragement, find some hope to help you as you start this new week. And we're just so thrilled that you're here. If you have any questions at all, if we can pray for you in any kind of way, feel free to let us know. There's a prayer request button that you can touch. You can also go to mythrive.info for all the steps you need to take next steps to be part of this big Thrive family. We're so glad to have you here. Well, today being Valentine's Day and Family Day weekend, we want to do something different, something special with all of you as part of our message today. We want to talk about families. Lately, we've been doing a series called Heart at Rest, how to have a rested heart in a restless world. We're going to continue that next week, but today we're going to do something a little different, talking especially about families and relationships. And let me just begin by saying this. I want to give you guys a verse, one of my favorite verses about family from the Bible. It comes from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. And in the New Living Translation, it says, it says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. You know, sometimes when I read the Bible, I find it helps me to understand the Bible more by reading different translations of the same verse. And so the same verse, Ephesians 5, uh, Ephesians 1, verse 5, in the message paraphrase, says, long, long ago, he, that's God, decided to adopt us into 
to his family through Jesus Christ, what pleasure he took in planning this. Today we're talking about family. What is a family? Really simply put, a family is a group of people you belong to where you can be known and loved. It's a group that you can belong to where you can know and love others and where you yourself can be known and loved as well. And maybe ask a question today is, why do you think family is so important to each and every one of us? Why do you think family is almost kind of hardwired into us that we want to belong to a family? You know, sometimes the first thing we think about is our family. When good news comes, we want to share it with most likely our family. When bad news comes, the people we often go to first is our family. When we're on our deathbed, the thing that you want around you aren't your diplomas or your, your investment portfolios, but what you want is your family around you. Why is that? Why is family, the idea of family, so hardwired into you and me? You know, if you ask an evolutionary theorist, they might say, well, this is part of our survival instinct. It's a construct of the fact that we want to survive, and so we want to get with people that we think are going to help us survive, and you'll help us to propagate our species to the next generation. I think it's an interesting take. I think there's maybe some truth to that to some extent, perhaps, but when you read the Bible, you're going to find what I think is an even more important take on why family is such a big part of you and me, whether we want to be or not, whether we can control or not. It's just such a big part of us. And why is that? The reason is because you are made in the image of God. And God is so much about family. In fact, when you read the Bible, you're going to find that God, that the idea of family begins with God himself. Do you know that the Bible describes God himself as a family? Is that God is not just one God. You might think, oh, there's maybe many gods, or maybe there's just one God. The Bible presents a very unique and beautiful picture of who God is, that God is one God who expresses himself, exists in three persons. That's what we call the Trinity, three in one. There's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they all relate to one another like a family. The Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. The Father sends the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit submits to the Father. And it's this idea of of God himself is a family. Long before anything else existed in the universe, the Bible says that God existed and God himself is a family. God is love. God is a family even on his own. And because God loves family and because there's more love to go around than he could even contain. He said, I want an even bigger family. And what he does, he created you and he created human beings. He created people. And the story of the Bible is about how God created a family for himself, how he lost that family because of sin, how you and I, we turned away from God. We rebelled against God. We separated ourselves from God. And the rest of the Bible story is about how God is winning his family back. How just like Liam Neeson in the movie Taken is trying to get back his kidnapped daughter, or how Marvin in the Pixar animated film Finding Nemo is, is, is trying to find his lost son, Nemo, is that God is on a mission to find his family, to get his family back, to win his family back. And how did he do so? Most importantly, he sent Jesus Christ to live the life that we could not live, to die on the cross, to pay for our sins, to rise again from the grave, so that by trusting in Jesus, we can be one back to God and be part of his family. Amen. Amen. 
And with that in mind, that when you trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you believe, God, God, I believe that I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. When you believe that, not only are you forgiven of your sins, but even more, the Bible says you are a child of God. You become part of God's family. Your, your, God becomes your heavenly Father. You know, other people who've trusted in Jesus become your brothers and sisters in Christ, and you become part of God's family. In fact, and if you trust Jesus as your Savior, what that means is that you are part of the largest, most ethnically, culturally, racially, historically, economically, socially diverse family that has ever existed or ever will exist. That's because heaven isn't just a place. Heaven is a family. And it's with that in mind that we want to talk about family today, is that, you know, that's why here at Thrive Church, you know, we call ourselves a church family as well. The, the church in the Bible is described as the family of God. It's the bride of Christ. It's, there's so many terms that are family-oriented in the Bible because God is so family-oriented himself. And the fact is, if you're part of this Thrive family, then guess what? We are one family together in Jesus. And, and this family is one that is multicolored. It is multicultural. It is multi-ethnic. It's because that's the kingdom of God. That's the family of God. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. And it's so good to have each and every one of you here. And so since family is such an important part of who we are, uh, because relationships affect us, uh, you know, more than we know, today we want to give special focus to families today and relationships today. And we're going to do a relationship Q&A. And I'm so thankful that I don't have to do this on my own. Instead, uh, we, I've invited three of the wisest people I know uh, to be part of this family and relationships Q&A to help us go through some of the questions that you guys have sent in to talk about your relationships and your families. And so with that in mind, I just want to introduce to you our panel of beautiful guests today. Uh, To my right is my lovely wife, Pastor Charlene. Give Pastor Charlene a big hand today. Could you welcome her right now? Praise God. And uh, Pastor Shar gave a, a beautiful message, a powerful message last week as part of our Heart at Rest series about finding rest from your stress. If you missed that, you got to check that out. But Pastor Shar and I, uh, we've been married now for 18 years. That is right. 18 years. That's We got married when we were five years old. That's how we do things here at Thrive. That's right. Uh, I'm kidding. We're a bit older than that. But uh, man, 18 years ago, in fact, we were showing our, our wedding photo from there. Doesn't that look like it was taken last week? Or at least Shar, it looks like she's, you know, she, hasn't, she hasn't aged at all. Uh, I don't know about me, but that's 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 that. Um, and in addition to Pastor Shar, we have two amazing people with us today. Uh, they are some of our favorite people in the world, Pastor Tim and Sandra Ashoi. Let's give Pastor Tim and Sandra a big hand today right now. So good to have them here. Welcome to our soundstage. Thanks so much for joining us. Pastor Tim and Sandra, they have been married for how many years now? Fifty. Fifty-two years. Fifty-two years and six months. They're counting even the months, even after 50 years. In fact, we got a, a wedding photo of them from, this is 1968. Is that right? About about that? 1968? Look at that. Look at that good-looking couple right there. Uh, praise God. Sandra, do you still have those glasses? you still have those glasses? They got lost along the way. They got lost along the way. <laughs> well, you look great. Uh, you both look great. And in fact, we've got more pictures of the family here. That's on the wedding day as well. And you guys have an amazing amazing family, uh, beautiful children, beautiful grandchildren, beautiful great-grandchildren. You guys uh, are a large, large family, uh, and it's just a beautiful to see. Those are just some members of your guys' amazing family, uh, and so good to have them here. Uh, so one more time for Pastor Tim and Sandra. Let's give them a big hand for wel- and welcome to our soundstage today. Good to have you guys here. Praise God. 
praise God. Well, we're just going to have a conversation today. Uh, just, you know, it's going to be pretty raw, pretty candid, uh, you know, just, but hopefully it'll, you're going to find it encouraging, find it helpful, find it, you know, something that, that helps you uh, or gives you some insight into maybe some of the questions we're talking about today. Uh, we want to begin with Pastor Tim and Sandra, actually, and a bit of your guys' story. Uh, I'm not sure if, pa- Pastor Shard, you have, you have a question to ask uh, Pastor well, Tim and Sandra? You know, the, the wedding photos were so beautiful. They really do look like you took them yesterday. And uh, I'm curious, do you remember how, Pastor Tim, you proposed to Pastor Sandra? Do I remember? Do you remember? Or does Pastor Sandra remember? I think I kind of vaguely remember. (laughs) (laughs) It it was pretty, pretty, like you'd say, not too sophisticated back in the day. Okay. I sort of took her in the country somewhere in a car I had, and we stopped the car, and uh, I had her I open. I don't know. I think we were driving down this gravel road. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it was something like I that. I don't even think he told, said, stop the car. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> see, there you go. Her, her memory's a little different than mine. <laughs> you want me to pick it up from sure, here? Sure, watch yeah, it. Okay, okay. Yeah. He was driving along, and he told me to open the glove compartment. Mm. You know, something okay. special in your glove compartment. Okay. So I opened it, and here was a box. So I opened the little box, and there was a ring in it. Wow. wow. Now, how romantic is that? <laughs> <laughs> Were you expecting it at all? Well, you know, I guess I probably was because we, got, we dated as, as teens. Okay. And, you know, actually, we waited to get, we waited to get old enough to get married. Mm. And so I knew that we were probably of age now to get married. Yeah. We'd gone to a year of college together. And uh, this was the, after college was just out. And we were on this gravel road from my house to his house. And I opened the glove compartment and there was the ring. That was about April. We were married that September. Wow. wow. Fantastic. Wow. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess, that ring was probably in that glove compartment for a couple years. <laughs> Until she discovered it. <laughs> that is really cool. That is really cool. And you guys have been married now for about 52 years, which is incredible. Uh, now, I, I, I'm just really curious. Uh, sometimes here at Thrive, we talk about languages of love. Uh, I think it was Dr. Gary Chapman talking about how each of us, we have a language of love. Uh, and it's, it's the, the idea that some, somehow we tend to receive love especially, uh, you know, especially well in a certain way. And for some people, it's words of encouragement, words of affirmation. Uh, another language of love is, is physical touch, you know, giving hugs and kisses. Uh, another language of love is your acts of service, you know, doing something nice for the other person, washing that person's mm-hmm. car, washing that person's feet, whatever it might be. Uh, you know, another one is spending quality time, uh, you know, just spending time together. It doesn't have to be even that special, but just something together, doing it together, spending time. Uh, the last one uh, would be uh, gifts, you know, giving something special to that person. Uh, after 52 years of marriage, I'm just curious uh, if, uh, if, you know, Sandra, I was to ask you, what is Pastor Tim's language of love, uh, you know, in terms of how he receives love best, what would you say his language of love would be? Well, I guess I'd have to say that his top language of love would be acts of service. Okay. He loves doing things. Doing things for me, doing things around the house, okay. wherever. He loves doing that's for things. Him, that's him that's, giving that's love, him, I guess? Yeah, yeah, How about yeah, him receiving both. love? What do, you, what do you find is his language of love when uh, it comes to let receiving? Let me think now. Uh, what would I say? Uh, you know, uh, probably um, acts, you know, 
access service access as well. Yeah, yeah. Is that, would, would, you yeah. Say that, would you say that's correct, Pastor Tim? I think she's pretty accurate. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Okay. He loves those meals I cook him. Is that right? <laughs> Very good. She's Very good. amazing. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. She's always serving. She won't even let me come near the kitchen. Is that right? <laughs> is that right? I, I know people ask me what my language of love is. Mine is getting my own way. That's my language of love. But uh, Pastor Tim for Sandra, and what, what would you say is uh, you know, Sandra's uh, language of love? You know, she, uh, again, it's uh, service. She's just uh, always, always serving, and she mm-hmm. does it with such joy. Yeah, I think what a great person to live with. Yeah, because you know, she, she's just pouring out all the time. Amen. Yeah. And, and how about for her to receive love? Mm. Well, uh, you know, I I think she um, she enjoys some um, actions of affection, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's really cool. Well, those are, I'm actually curious to ask our, our, um, our, our audience right now, when it comes to these five languages of love, words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, uh, gifts, and quality time, what is your language of love in terms of how you like to receive love? If you, would, if you had to choose how you wanted someone else to love you, what would be that language of love that you'd want to receive most of all? Maybe you've got a neighbor, you can tell them, you can just tell them right now, this is my language of love. But uh, that's, that's really cool. That's very, very cool. Uh, there's another question that I think our audience had asked, and I'll let Pastor Shar uh, ask that one. Um, you know, one of our audience had asked the question, what was one thing you wish you knew before marriage? And I'm going to ask that question to Pastor Tim and Sandra. What is one thing that you wish you knew before you got married? Go ahead, Sandra. Well, I suppose uh, maybe that uh, it takes more work than you really realized before you got married. <laughs> It's hard work. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's hard yeah. work. But, you know, when you stick with the work, and there's many joys, but it takes yeah. work. That's well said. But sometimes before you get married, you don't realize all that is entailed in, For sure. in building a marriage. Yeah, I think well said. We you know, back in the day where, where we came from, they didn't do marriage counseling or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just... Not the way it was. I mean, you watched your mom and dad, and hopefully they did it right, and you're going to do something similar. Yeah. I guess there's something that we would have, we would have liked discussing this is that it would have been good to have some of the counsel that is out there today for mm. couples as they get started. Right. And, uh, yeah, we sure could have used that. Yeah. That's good. That's great. Well, today we uh, wanted to cover three big topics in our Q&A today. We, we, we got so many different questions that came in, uh, and uh, some of them are great for us to talk about here with all the kids even in attendance. There's some other questions that are probably best for us to talk about as adults uh, only, uh, because just given the, the sensitivity of those topics, things like, you know, physical intimacy, you know, like, you know, like, uh, is, is it okay to live together, uh, you know, before you get married, how far can you go, uh, all these kind of things we're going to be talking about in a separate session uh, that you can access through our Facebook community group, and so I encourage you to check that out later on this week. But today, the three big topics that we wanted to cover in this Q&A are, and these are based on the, the, the questions we received, are dating, you know, dating. Uh, another one is conflicts, especially in marriage. And then the third is about abusive relationships. What do you do when you're in an abusive relationship? So we're going to spend a little bit of time 
time on each one of those questions. Uh, and uh, we want to start with the topic of dating. I'm going to ask Pastor Shar to lead us in this first question here. Great. So um, one of the first questions that we received about dating is, what's your advice for those who are looking to be in a relationship? And what would you say is the most important quality to look for in someone to marry other than having a close relationship with God? Um, you know, I think that's an excellent question. And um, I think the way that I would answer this question is with what I would call the three C's. And we've actually covered this quite a bit in at Thrive through our Sunday sermons. But um, what I would call the three C's. And the three C's stand for the first one, Christ-centeredness. The second one, I would call it um, character. And the third C stands for compatibility. And um, I'll just quickly tackle each one. Um, I think when you're looking for someone to date and possibly marry, hopefully you're dating for the purpose of marrying, um, the first, the most important thing, I think, the, for, for me, is uh, to look at Christ-centeredness. And it's not just looking at, you know, whether this person is Christian or whether this person has been a Christian, but I think is looking at how this person lives out his or her faith, um, which is even more important. And so sometimes, you know, um, we'll have... I'll be talking to a friend and be like, oh, you know, I met this, I met this person and it's, I, I think he has potential because he actually is Christian. And when I ask a little bit deeper, um, you know, it turns out that this child, this person didn't actually um, go to go to church, um, but the last time he went to church was maybe when he was a baby. And so in those kind of circumstances, I think it's even more important to look beyond sort of, is this person Christian, but to look even further and say, does this person currently still practice his faith? Um, is my faith and his faith or her faith compatible? Are we um, on the same wavelength when it comes to our views on you know how often we attend church, how we see fellowship, how do we see prayer um, when we face challenges, you know, does this person seek God? Um, does this person seek out the advice of the Bible? Um, and that's what I would call Christ-centeredness. You know, does this person live a Christ-centered life and live out his or her faith? Um, so that's the first C is Christ-centeredness. The second one is uh, talking about character, because I think one one of the traps that we often see um, young people falling into is, you know, they'll start looking at people and saying, oh, you know, I, I think I'll consider this guy or this girl because they're really funny because he's really funny and he makes me laugh or um, you know he plays sports or um, she plays musical instruments or she sings so beautifully but I would say that um, when we're looking for someone with the potential to marry we need to look deeper than just a person's um, you know surface of what they do or how much money they have but I think we need to look deeper and even deeper than their personality and personality being you know are they extroverted are they introverted all of those things are important, but what's even more important, I believe, is character. And character is um, looking at things like, can I trust this person? Is this person reliable? Is this person humble? You know, how would this person react in difficult circumstances? And those are character traits that you want to be looking for in a person. So to, to be really brief, I think the second C is looking for a person's character and not just looking at a person's personality. Um, you know, the third C, I would say, is compatibility. Because while it's really important for this person to have, you know, uh, a similar faith, 
It's really important for this person to have good character. It's also really important that you're compatible with this person. And by compatibility, we're looking at, for example, do you have a dream compatibility? Are you, um, you know, does your dream resonate with his dream in life? Um, you know, not just sort of the big dream compatibility, but even down to sort of habits. You know, do you have um, do you have habits or does this person have a habit that really annoys the heck out of you that you won't be able to live with this person? You know, that would be a, a big consideration when you're thinking about whether you want to marry this person. Um, other things such as eating habits. Um, you know, when it comes to downtime, what do you do during your free time? Are you compatible in those ways? Do you enjoy being with that person? And so that's probably what I would be looking for, the three C's. Christ-centeredness, I would look at character, and I would look at compatibility. I think that's really clear and really helpful, Shara. That's great. Um, you know, if, if you ever you're kind of having questions about uh, someone you're considering and questions about their character, I mean, one thing you can ask yourself is, you know, do I want to have a child with this person? Good. Uh, that's a good point. Or do I want to have a child just like this person? Or do I want to be more like mm. this person? Yeah. If your answer to any of these questions is, uh, I'm not really <laughs> too sure, then maybe, just maybe, that's a clue that you have a question uh, about that person's character. Right. Uh, and, you know, they said that character and personality are two different things. You know, character is, uh, you know, can be judged as stuff that's good or bad, right or wrong. You know, is that person responsible? Is that person uh, trustworthy? Mm-hmm. Is that person got his anger under control? Is this person, uh, you know, someone who's not addicted to certain things? Uh, personality is more stuff like, is he extroverted? Is he introverted? Is he shy? Is he outgoing? Uh, they said that, you know, God, God gave you your personality. Your personality is God's gift to you. Your character is your gift to God, right. in a way. Uh, and so you want to look at not just personality, but the person's character as right. well. That, those are really great thoughts. I don't know, Pastor Tim Sander, do you have any, anything to add to that? Anything you would put, put, put on top oh, of that? That's so good, so concise so to the point. Yeah, awesome. Love that. That's great. Uh, Another person asked a question, which is, you know, is it possible to never find the one and that God never meant for me to find a romantic partner? Really good question. I think it depends on what you mean by the one. Uh, Is there only one, one and only one person that God has intended for you to marry? Uh, I don't think so. If that were the case, if God really just had one person, then for every single person, as soon as one person makes the wrong choice, it's it's messed up for everybody, right? So so, so it's it's not that there's only one, one and only one person that you can, that, that God has intended for you. This is something where there could be a lot of different people or several different people that could possibly be good matches for you. Uh, God gives us some freedom to, to choose in that area and to choose wisely and to live with that choice. Uh, but if, if you're in this place where you're not really even sure if you were meant to find a romantic partner, that is totally okay. Um, you know, you know the, the, the fact is that some people are called to not ever get married, and that is a perfectly awesome calling. Um, it, you know, Jesus was that way. The Apostle Paul was that way. Mother Teresa was that way. God can use you very, very powerfully in your own singleness. And, and I would say this is, how do you know if you're one or the other? If you have this really strong desire to get married, if you have this really strong desire to have a, you know, a lifelong partner to be with you, uh, you want to have kids, you want to have family, then that's a pretty good clue that maybe you're not called to be that person who is going to be single for the rest of your life. Those who are, sing- are called to be single for the rest of their lives are often quite content, just kind of, I'm, I, I don't need to be married. I don't need to have someone else. I'm happy the way that I am. Uh, I'm, I'm content this way. Uh, and so it's one of those things where is it possible to never find the one and that God never meant for me to find a romantic partner? It is possible. And so hopefully that answers 
that question. Uh, and so that's a bit on dating. Mm-hmm. We're going to move to now into a bit on conflicts in relationships, and particularly in marriage. We've got you know, quite a few uh, questions in that area, uh, and so this is one of them. Someone asked, is it reasonable to have expectations of your spouse, or should we just accept who they are? Whoa, ho, ho, ho. Uh, is it reasonable <laughs> to have expectations of your spouse, or should we expect, accept who they are? Uh, Pastor Tim, how, how do you answer that question? You know, I, I, I believe that I should have expectations of myself that are uh, complementary to my spouse. Um, demanding from the other side is maybe not the best approach. You know, saying, you know, I have these expectations of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, life is so much better if we, if we set high standards and expectations for ourselves that are that are good for the other person. Mm-hmm. I'd just like to answer it that way. Maybe Sandra yeah. has something else. Sandra, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that was well said. I think uh, sometimes people enter into marriage thinking, either spouse will think, well, after we get married, I'll change him, or after we get married, I'll change her. <laughs> right. And that has happened a lot. But um, I think the more that we uh, go along that way, that it irritates the marriage even more. Right. Yeah. And uh, if there's changes that need to happen, I think as as the partner, we need to go to God and ask him to uh, start those changes and allow us to maybe tactfully say something. Right. But uh, from our experience, I know it depends on how we say it, when we say it, what we say, yeah. if we try and change something, because it will not be accepted by the other the other person. <laughs> <laughs> they will resist what we say. But if we're prayerful and we have the right attitude, we can bring uh, some help into, if we really do see that there's an area that is um, not quite right. Okay. So yeah. if, if, I, if I'm getting you correctly, Sandra, are, are you saying then that, in, in fact, it's okay to have certain expectations of your spouse, provided that you are speaking to them tactfully about it and doing it in a loving way? Is, is that what you mean? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's what I mean. Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. yeah. Um, yeah. Say a small expectation. Right. Yeah. Uh, take out the, you know, that you would expect that he would be the one to take out the garbage right. yeah. most of the time. Yeah. Well, if he never does, maybe there's a time that I could tactfully say something yeah. Yeah. to that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think the key is the word tactfully, because uh, I find that, um, you know, I think, Pastor Sandra, when you say tactfully um, communicate, I think it's really important. Otherwise, it just becomes a why did you not take out the garbage? Right. Um, and and it, that's sort of how um, arguments are fueled. And out of small things, big blow-ups can happen. Right. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes I think we try to bring about change when a conflict is taking place. Mm. And emotions tend to be already high, and then you try to speak into that, and it's just not well-received. Mm. And uh, one of the things that Sandra and I had done over many years is every year we would evaluate our lives. We'd evaluate our budget. We'd go mm-hmm. through our budget and we would uh, then talk about our married life together. And we had a checklist of things that we could discuss. And uh, then you weren't dealing with it in a reactionary way. Mm-hmm. You're very objective in how you're approaching the things you want to see changed. Mm-hmm. And you can ask the other spouse, what would you, what would you like to see me change? That's great. 
And, uh, and it, it takes it into a whole different realm then where you can actually deal with things. Yeah. So it sounds to me that a lot of it is about, on one hand, um, having high expectations for yourself, uh, maybe even more so than for your spouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in some ways, just basically accepting them, loving them as they are, but for maybe little things. You know, you can, you know, have an expectation where you would talk to them tactfully, gently, mm-hmm. respectfully, loving way. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think those, yeah. Are, those are good words for sure. Uh, I, I do find that when it comes to a good marriage, uh, it, it begins oftentimes with having good raw material, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where the two people, their character is good, they, they find they're compatible. It, it's it's kind of like no matter how you dress it up, no matter how much, you know, flavoring you put in, extra sauce and all this stuff, if, if, if the raw material isn't great, you're not, you're not going to have a great steak. Mm-hmm. But if, if you've got something where the material is good uh, and you're compatible, uh, then these little things you can work on together in, a, in you know communicating about it uh you know t- working working out those little things uh that can help you be a better couple doing going forward um but yeah those are some maybe thoughts, yeah. maybe if i could just add one thing is um after maybe there's an incident that has happened that right. has mm-hmm. not been good not, right. not real comfortable right. my suggestion is don't don't deal with it right then mm-hmm. but step away from it and then Go to your spouse and say, dear, you know, something happened there yesterday mm. or a week ago or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about this? Do I have permission yeah. to talk to you about this? So how can we overcome this in the most positive way? For yeah, sure. For good. sure. Those are all really yeah. good thoughts. Um, another question I think that was asked um, when it comes to conflict in uh, you know, relationships, particularly in marriage. Uh, this one I'll ask uh, Pastor Shard to, sure. to read out here. Um, so the question that we received was this. Where's the line between my problem to deal with and our problem to deal with together when it comes to trust? For example, my husband drives like a crazy person on the road. I consistently tell him I don't trust the way he drives, and he responds with, that's too bad. I can't change how you feel. I realize my emotions and reactions are mine to deal with, but I'd like some accountability on his part. How do I have a Christ-like character in situations where I feel disrespected by my partner? Pastor Shore, did you write that question? Is, that, is, that, is, that, is, that, is this about me? I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say, I was with this man. <laughs> you know, it's an excellent question. And actually, I do remember um, when Pastor JV and I first started dating, we had one similar incident where um, I guess we were in a bit of a rush. I was visiting him in Toronto. And, uh, and I thought he was driving a little bit faster than, you know, he wasn't over, he wasn't speeding, but I think it was just over maybe my, um, limit at that time. And so, um, and so I, 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 I was a little bit scared, you know, we just started dating. I wasn't sure if I should be saying something, but in my head I was like, if he continues to drive this way, I'm really going to question whether I'm going to marry this guy. But thank God, you know, he's an, he's an excellent driver, and I think that was a one-off, um, where he actually wasn't speeding. He was fine, and he's actually a very safe driver. Um, but you know, it's an excellent question when it comes to um, when it comes to sort of the expectation that we have, because the question of you know is this my problem to deal with or is this 
our problem to deal with together. The thing is, in a marriage, um, your problem and his problem or her problem is actually one problem that you both have to deal with together. There's not going to be a clear-cut line of, this is my issue and this is your issue. And if I take care of my part, then you deal with your part. It's just not really the way that it works in a marriage. Um, you know, I think about the Bible when it says, you know, um, when Jesus, when, when Paul says, uh, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. And wives, submit to your husbands. Now, this is not an image where, um, you know, to love, for a husband to love a wife, it's one where there is more than just um, the action or just saying the words, I love you, but there's actually a lot of care that goes into it. It goes into, you know, how does she like, how does she feel when I do certain things? Um, how do my actions affect her? How do my words affect her? And so in this situation, when, um, you know, the husband is saying, well, that's too bad, I can't change how you feel, um, you know, I think I would probably look look at it and say, well, um, how would Jesus respond to that? You know, when the Bible says, um, husbands love your wife, um, with you know, is that the most loving response that you can give? Um, and on the flip side, you know, we've got um, the Bible saying that the wives should submit to their husbands. Now, does that mean it's one where the, the wife needs to submit to anything and everything that she's not allowed to express her concerns or that she's not allowed to express her worries or how um, she might be feeling a little bit worried or anxious when he's driving very fast? Absolutely not. It's one where it's an open communication. And so so I believe for this question, um, you know, it's really important to understand how to communicate in a marriage. Um, it's one where I believe that, and, and it's a good communication is actually a foundation of any relationship, not just husband and wife. It goes for friends and, you know, parent and child. Um, it's one where I think um, it's really important for both the husband and wife to have good communication. And in a situation like this, um, a good communication I, I'm just hypothetically speaking, um, could look maybe a little bit different. It's where when the wife is feeling worried or anxious, then she should be able to express it in a way where it's not just a blanket statement. I can't trust you, right? Because then the husband becomes really defensive. It's like, do you... Like, are you just talking about my driving or are you talking about my cooking or are you talking about like me in general as a person? Like you're not able to trust me. And so I know that if I were the husband, I would probably get quite defensive as well. Um, but I think it's really important to stay focused on the issue, um, the issue of driving. And so, it, you know, focus on describing what is happening and how you feel. And so it could go something like, you know, when you drive really fast, I feel a little bit scared. And so we're not talking about trust. We're not talking about like, you know, any other trust issues besides when you drive really fast, which is a fact right now, I feel very scared. And with that information, maybe the husband can also sort of um, exercise, you know, uh, active listening and saying, I see, um, you know, I, I see that you're really scared. Is there some way that I can help you be less scared when you're sitting in my car? And so what I would say is um, communication at the, at, at, at the end of the day is key. How you communicate it, how you say it. Um, Proverbs 15.1 says, a gentle answer turns away yeah. wrath, but, uh, but a, harsh, you know, a harsh word stirs up dissension. And so what is the most gentle way that you're able to describe your feeling right now and describe the situation in a way that is actually going to receive a gentle answer from the person that you are speaking to. 
Um, so that's probably my take on it. Um, that's a really I'm not good sure thought. if Pastor JB or Pastor Tim and Sandra have any thoughts on that. I was just going to say that, you know, it, it's, it's one thing to say, you know what, I, I can't control how you feel. How you feel is how you feel. The uh, fact is that, you know, it's true that we each have to take ownership of our own feelings, but we also have to take ownership of the fact that we are also, uh, you know, through our words, our actions, we can affect the feelings of other mm-hmm. people. And, and I think it's about recognizing that fact and, and thinking, okay, how can I, if I want a harmonious relationship with this person, what are some ways that I can perhaps adjust, whether in, it's how I drive, how I talk, how I act, mm-hmm. uh, how I manage my time that can help this person and help me in our relationship in the process as well. Uh, and so it's about, I think, in a lot of ways taking ownership mm-hmm. of the problem and right. of uh, your own feelings and of the impact you have on, on someone else. That's, that's yeah. really great, really good stuff. Uh, another, another question that came up, and I'm going to ask uh, you know, Pastor, Pastor Tim and Sandra to see what you guys think of this one. Uh, one person wrote, what can I do to handle conflict better with my partner when they are associated with a traumatic experience that makes me want them out of my life? I always work to forgive him, but the trust just is not there and seems impossible to build back despite the baby steps he makes in his growth. He is a constant trigger to the trauma and we are married. What are you guys, any thoughts on that one? That's a, that's a big one. Yeah. One of the things uh, I think that can be really important is, is if couples can agree to deal with these kind of situations with the help of someone else. Mm. Find a good counselor, um, somebody that will patiently work with them to uh, overcome these things. There, there are way, ways through these problems, and there are wise people around that can mm-hmm. help people through these problems. Yeah, right. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I think sometimes uh, problems are bigger than the couple, mm-hmm. and therefore they, they need help. And yeah. uh, to acknowledge that, I think, is... is important and go for it. Those are good thoughts. Sandra, anything yeah, to add to that? I totally agree with that. No, yeah. I don't have anything more to add yeah. to that. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. That was good. Yeah. 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 You know, sure. And, and it, it takes some humility to uh, say we need help. Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, one person or another doesn't want to go for the help mm-hmm. yeah. uh, for whatever reason. Well, then you'll live with the trauma. And, yeah. uh, but I think also, uh, you know, to engage in prayer uh, sometimes is, is uh, more important than what we say. Mm-hmm. Pray first, talk later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Try yeah. to resolve situations uh, through prayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really good thought. Really good. Um, there's a related question that came up as well, and this one's going on to our, our third topic about you know dealing with abusive relationships. And mm-hmm. and someone wrote, you know, what what is your advice for those with abusive parents or abusive spouses? Should Christians try to stay in those relationships, or do they leave for their safety? Uh, how do you interact with a previous manipulator or abuser? Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I'd say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when I say that, I mean this, is that uh, there's no one solution uh, for every situation. Um, yeah, there's, um, uh, I might use an example. Uh, my grandfather was a very strong, harsh mm-hmm. individual. Mm-hmm. And uh, my grandmother had many children with him. And uh, he had a drinking problem, which is kind of tied to his cultural stuff. And, and, but Grandma persevered. Mm-hmm. 
And she never, my mother said that it was on, on the other side of the family that this was, that my mother coming into that family said she never ever heard a negative word from wow. her. And she observed how grandpa treated grandma at times. Yeah. And in the end, she won. Wow. wow. His life was changed. Yeah. And he softened his heart, and he gave his life to yeah. to Christ, and uh, so that was a long road for her. Yeah. But boy, did she win something! Well, wow. she won a great prize at the end, and um, so um, in other situations, God may direct a person to say, uh, "This is my will. Withdraw yourself from this. This is a dangerous." Mm-hmm destructive situation and right. you need to remove yourself and we need to give people that kind of freedom mm-hmm. because if they believe that's God's will and they're doing it with the right heart right attitude believing that God is directing them I say let them go for sure mm-hmm. really good thought so, yeah. so those are two opposites almost understood just you know highly dependent on the circumstances of that situation. I, I do find that, you know, when it comes to hard issues like this, you know, traumatic experiences, abuse, all that kind of stuff, um, you know, it, it's it's a lot about setting boundaries um, and, and, and knowing what boundaries set. Because abuse can happen uh, to different degrees and in different ways. Uh, if it's if it's a if it if it's something where um, you know you are finding yourself in an abusive relationship, um, then I, you have to ask yourself what 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 are the appropriate boundaries you need to set with that person? And and in in a lighter sort of situation, it might just be about uh, limiting uh, you know certain situations where you're going to spend time with that person, avoiding certain situations. In in some cases, it might mean you know cutting off in a more significant way. Uh, but a lot of it is I think setting boundaries for yourself to protect yourself. Uh, from anything else happening as well. Uh, And so, you know, whether that's in a marriage or it's a parent-child relationship or it's extended family, uh, sometimes we just need to have those boundaries set to protect ourselves and to protect the relationship as well. Um, Really good thoughts. Any more to add to that one? I'm not sure, Sander. I think think if you're uh, dealing with uh, something that is infringing with the law, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, like if there's sexual abuse or this type of thing, um, I think you have to deal with that appropriately. Sure. Absolutely, right. yeah. If it if it's a if it's a criminal thing, if it's a, if there's if there's a criminal element to it, you, you got you want to report that. Yeah. Uh, you want to uh, go to the authorities about that uh, and and not let let yourself be uh, a victim uh, that way. Um, really good thoughts. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, another question that came up also around uh, you know the idea of trauma. Uh, I let Pastor Shard to to, to to take on that question. Um, yeah, so the question that came up was, uh, what are some good tips to recover from past relationship trauma or trust issues? Does counseling play a role in overcoming hurt and or improving our current relationship? And if so, how? And what is the role that counseling plays in recovery or improving relationships? Excellent question. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, the fact is that we all go through um, some type of hurt in our relationships, um, whether it's in our 
a relationship with our parents or a relationship with our children, um, big or small. The fact is we all go through some type of um, hurts in our relationships. And it's really important, I think, to deal with them. I know that I grew up in an Asian family where we don't really talk that much about emotions. Um, we don't really talk that much about the way that we feel. And sometimes we're, we just sort of bury things um, to the bottom. But I know that uh, as I've grown up, I've come to realize that it's really important sometimes to deal with some of the bigger issues that we go through in life. You know, earlier this week, I was reading a book and I came across a quote from a psychologist um, by the name of Dorothy Baruch. And she says, not until the bad feelings come out can the good ones come in. And I think it's a, it's a similar principle when it comes to dealing with past hurts, is that we cannot really enjoy a happy and fulfilled relationship until we deal with some of the bad things that have resulted from other relationships or the same relationship that you're currently in. And it's that we need to deal with the negative emotions and the hurts before we can actually um, enjoy and the the good you know, the goodness that comes out of um, other relationships that we'll have in the future. And so counseling, I believe, is actually um, a, a good avenue. Um, you know, I, I would say that when you've gone through a past hurt, you can always feel free to talk to trusted friends, um, you know, spiritual leaders in your life, small group leaders, pastors, and people who might be able to just pray with you, hear you out, and maybe share some perspective with you on your issue. Um, but when you feel like that's kind of hit a limit, um, there's definitely a place for counseling. Um, counseling is, you know, um, I find with professional counselors, sometimes they're able to draw out um, sort of the root of the problem. Like, why is it that you feel this way? Why am I having this recurring feeling? Why am I having this recurring habit that I'm not able to get rid of? Um, and, it, you know, it's it's getting to the bottom of the root cause of some of the issues that you're going through or the root cause of the, of the hurt and being able to work on that before um, you're able to say, you know what, I have closure and I'm able to move on to enjoy a more fulfilling relationship. Um, and so there's definitely a place for um, for counseling. And uh, I'm not sure if, you know, Pastor JB, Pastor Tim, or Pastor Sandra have anything to add to that. Yeah, I would say that there's absolutely no shame whatsoever mm. in going to see a counselor. I think we all at different points uh, need that extra bit of help. And it's something where if you find that you have that struggle with something uh, that you're just having a little bit of tough time getting over, uh, or you just kind of need to have you know someone help you sort out some stuff that you're thinking about, that you're feeling, going to see a counselor is a totally good way mm -hmm. to do that. Uh, finding a good counselor who can sit with you and, 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 and yeah. kind of help you to to kind of sort through some of the things you're dealing with it can be extremely, extremely helpful, whether it's for, for an individual or for a couple yeah. as well. Uh, and so encourage you to, to make use of that. In fact, if you are needing, uh, you know, referrals on that resource that we, 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 we often refer people uh, and we have a, a good group of people that we work with uh, with respect to that. And so you can feel free to email us uh, for more information about that. Awesome. Well, I want to thank each of you for uh, the time you spent, the advice you gave, the wisdom you shared uh, in our relationship Q&A today. We covered uh, a number of different topics, not easy topics to cover, but so glad you guys could give your input today. Um, if you are wanting more information or more help or more guidance on some of these topics, we're, you know, we, we'd be glad to, to, to you know, point you in whatever direction uh, you need. Uh, we have a series that we did back in 2019 called Known 
and loved. It's a relationship series where we talk about a number of these issues, everything from dating to controlling your anger to what to look for in a life partner uh, to you know how to manage certain relationship conflicts that we go through. I encourage you to check that out at our Throughout Church podcast. It's called Known and Loved, and uh, you know we uh, had such a lot of, a lot of fun today. I, I remember the, yesterday we, we we talked about you know what should we wear, what we should wear to this you know and we talked about dress code and we were thinking maybe we do like an Adam and Eve theme right and just come in leaves. Aren't you glad that we didn't do that today? Uh, praise God for that. Uh, but we thought that's something else kind of fun to do. Um, and uh, something also that I don't think uh, most of you are going to expect is I'm going to ask Pastor Shar to go to the piano right now. And uh, how many of us know that Pastor Tim uh, is uh, is not just uh, uh, an amazing pastor, uh, but he's also got a beautiful voice. And uh, we wanted to uh, give a, uh, a little time for uh, a little Valentine's Day surprise for Sandra uh, as Pastor Tim is going to sing uh, the, uh, the, the, the hit song, uh, can't help falling in love uh, as uh, uh, a, a special Valentine's Day surprise for Sandra. And so I'll let uh, Pastor Tim and Pastor Shar take it away. Here we go. Pastor Tim and Sandra, a big hand right now. Oh, thank you. Well, a very happy Valentine's Day to Sandra and Pastor Tim. And uh, this one's for you. Here you go. And um, yeah, I, I kind of felt like I was in the middle, middle, of the middle of something here. I was kind of like, felt like the third wheel just now, but that, that's great. That was just, uh, that was amazing. Uh, and uh, what, an, what an amazing picture that was. Uh, and uh, we wanted to end today by having an opportunity to pray with each and every one of you uh, about our relationships, about our families. But the most important relationship that we want to focus on is your own relationship with God. 
fact is that there are all sorts of different ways we show those that we love that we love them. You know, whether it's singing a song or giving flowers a gift or saying an encouraging word or being a listening ear. Uh, you know, whether it's doing something nice for that person, spending quality time with that person. So many different ways that we can show that we love someone else. But God demonstrated his own love for us when he sent Jesus Christ for us. And because he wanted to have a family, because he wanted you to be part of that family, because he didn't want to have this family without you, he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for your sins so that you could be forgiven, so that you could have a way back to God. And if you have never made that invitation to Jesus, to, to or never taken him up on that invitation, never said, God, I want your forgiveness for sin, I, I want the peace of God that passes understanding, then we want to give you an opportunity to do that together today. It's as simple as praying a prayer. And, uh, you know, so that you're not doing it alone, we'd love to pray that prayer with you. What you can do is you can scan the QR code that's on your screen, or you can click the link that's in your chat room. And what we'd love to do is to pray this prayer. Uh, it's not so much the words that you speak as much as it's the attitude of your heart that matters, but just so that you have a way to say yes to Jesus today. We want to give you an opportunity to pray this prayer, and you're not alone. Other people will be praying it with you. I'll, I'm going to pray it with you right now. And so why don't you scan that QR code? Why don't you click that link? And whether you see that on your screen or not, I'm just going to invite you to pray this prayer with me right now. You can say this. You can say, Dear Jesus, thank you that because you love me, you died on the cross to pay for my sins. You rose again to give me life. Today, I open up my heart. I ask you, please forgive me of my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I place my trust not in what I do, but in what you've done for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that from your heart, then the Bible says that you are forgiven of your sins, not just that. You are a child of God. You are a part of God's family, and the best is yet to come. And we've, in fact, got a special gift to give you just to congratulate you on making that decision to pray that prayer to receive Jesus. Uh, and if you want, you can click that link that you can see right underneath the prayer that you just prayed, and we'd love to connect with you with that gift to encourage you in this new relationship with God through Jesus Christ. A big congratulations to you. There's a second group of people that we want to pray for right now. It's those of you who want, uh, you know, God's help and God's wisdom when it comes to your relationships, whether it's your marriage or maybe it's you and your parent, me, you and your child, you and a sibling, you and someone in your extended family. Maybe you're thinking about dating someone, you're not really sure. Maybe you're thinking about marrying someone, you're not sure, and you need God's wisdom in that area. If, uh, if you are in that boat today and you just want more of God's wisdom to know how to love that person that you're thinking about right now, why don't you just pray with me together? right now. In fact, here at Thrive, we'd like to do something. We'd like to pray together out loud, knowing that God hears all of us at the same time. I want to encourage you to do this. Why don't you lift your hand to God right now? Is this an expression of your need for God today, a need for his wisdom, a need for his help, a need for his protection, a need for his guidance? And we just pray to God right now. Let the height of your hands reflect how much you need God today. And I'm just inviting you just to take, you know, just half a minute, just to, in your own words, to start talking to God right now. In your own words, just give that situation to God. Give that relationship to God. Ask God for that wisdom that you need. And so would you just do that right now? Let's all pray aloud together in this place. Just give that situation to God right now. Give that issue to God right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Thank you, God. That's it, church. Just give that issue to God. Give that relationship to God. Ask God for the wisdom that you need. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let me pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much that because you sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins, that we know that you love us with an unconditional love, that you love us with a love that is not based on our performance, but it's based on who you are because you are love, you are family. And because of Jesus, we get to be part of your family as well. It's a forever family. And we thank you so much for every single person who's watching right now, who's praying to you right now, those who need wisdom for their relationships, who need help when it comes to their relationship, who need guidance when it comes to their relationship and what to do. Father, we pray for them specifically today. Father, we thank you that you will give them everything they need to manage that relationship well, to do so in ways that are wise, in ways that honor you and glorify you, and that will allow them to best love the person that they're thinking about in this time. Father God, for people who are dealing with trauma, who are dealing with some abuse, God, would you give them wisdom to know what to do from here? Would you give them wisdom to know what best to do in order to protect themselves and others? And we pray for Father God, for your protection for them. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would help them to know what best to do during this time, knowing that you are with them, that they're not alone, that maybe other people have gone, but you are the Heavenly Father who never leaves us or forsakes us, and we can hang on to you in every circumstance. And so, God, we pray all of your help, your blessing, your peace, your wisdom for every single person here when it comes to our relationships. We lift up our families into your hands, that every family here at Throughout Church would be a happy, healthy, wise, strong, Christ-centered family that loves you and loves people well. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can you give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? Praise God. Right now, we're going to hand the time to our band to lead you in a song. Let's give our very best to God. Let's worship God with everything we are. Praise God. Let's do that together right now.
Shelton, let's place together right now. You guys are an amazing church, and we want to thank you so much for joining us today for this very special Valentine's Day slash BC Family Day edition of Thrive Church Online. It has been so great to have you here. I want to thank my special guests, Pastor Tim, Sandra, Pastor Shar, for being here with us today. And if you are here, you call Thrive Church your home church. We just believe in the work that God is doing here at Thrive. We encourage you to give your faithful tithes, your generous offerings, knowing that when we seek God's kingdom first, he adds what? He adds everything we need. And not only does he add everything we need, but he builds his church through us as well. Have a great week, everybody. We love you guys. Guys, praise God. Stay tuned for next week, the continuation of our series, Heart at Rest. You don't want to miss it. Have an amazing start to the week, everybody. Mwah. We love you guys. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you guys really soon. Take care, everybody. Thank you, pastors, for that great conversation. A lot of good things to take away. All right, let's jump into some announcements. 
Once again, if this is your first time visiting us, let us know by texting NEW to 604-255-770 or visit mythrive.info and we'll mail you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle. It's our way to thank you for spending your time watching the Sunday service today. Alright, if you prayed the prayer earlier to receive Jesus Christ today, congratulations! Let us know by texting BELIEVE to 604-255-770 or visit MyThrive.info and click I want to receive Jesus today. We have prayer gift that includes a series of videos that may answer some of your questions about Christianity. It will be mailed right to your door and we hope that will guide you on the right path to follow Jesus. Also, if you'd like to get baptized or find out more about baptism, go to MyThrive.info Slash baptism. Small groups is a place where you can get connected. We meet regularly to encourage one another over Zoom. If you're not yet part of a small group, sign up at mythrive.info. Zoom prayer meeting happens every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Join us for a time of worship and prayer together. For more information, please check out and join our Facebook group at Thrive Church Online Community. Thrive Church Online Community is an online community for all of us to hang out and stay connected. We'll also be posting our Zoom meeting details and link there as well. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to give your tithes and offerings at online at mythrive.info. I hope you all have a lovely week ahead and enjoy your Valentine's Day and Family Day tomorrow. See you all next week right here at Thrive Church Online. Bye!